Welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast. Uh, it's just me, Jules, today. Um, and the Wedding Mavericks podcast is for photographers and videographers, where we discuss all aspects of running a business, developing technical knowledge and skills, and pushing your creativity. Um, yeah, like I said, Lindsay's not here today. Um, it's one of those situations where, because we um, live together, we've got kids together, so um, sometimes it's difficult to find a place in the week where we can record the podcast together um, and this week we've just been a little bit busy with various work commitments and then um, we just run out of time so I'm going to record it on my own so that we've got an episode to put out this week um, and today we are or I am going to be discussing ideal clients um, and how to identify them and why it's important. So the term ideal client is probably something you've heard before. Uh, It doesn't really matter what industry you're in. Um, It's an important marketing concept to understand and an important branding concept to understand because you need to know who, who is buying your service and product and therefore who you are trying to brand yourself for and market yourself to. Um, and I guess the easiest way to think about this is to is to think about the the people whose weddings that you've already captured. Think about you know what those weddings were like, who those people were, um, and also another angle is to look at data. So, for instance, if you capture data of the people that inquire with you, if you capture data about the people who book with you and which weddings you've done, um, you'd be able to use that data to understand who you've been working with previously, who inquires with you, etc., um, and see if that fits with the other um, determining factors when it comes to who an ideal client might be. So if you're at the beginning of your business journey, you may not have too much to analyse in terms of data or experience of doing a wedding. So it's going to take you a little bit of time to establish who you've worked with in the past, and which types of clients you liked, uh, and the weddings that you enjoyed more than others. And also when you're first starting out, you don't necessarily need to know as in a particular way, who your ideal client is, because um, at the beginning, you, you know, your ideal client might be just people getting married, um, simply because they're the people, you, you know, you just want to do weddings so that you can get the experience. And then as you've done more weddings and as you get more experience under your belt and you, you start to think about things a little bit more intentionally, that's when, um, that's when kind of, this process, this ideal client process comes into it. Um, And that could be, you know, that could be five to 10 weddings in, that could be a little bit further down the line. But it's also something that that you need to come back to um, on a regular basis because it will change. So once you've kind of thought about this, um, you can start to think more intentionally about who you would like to be, who you would like to be 
buying your service or your product from you in the future. Um, hopefully, one of those reasons is, you know, one of the reasons for, for doing this is because you want to capture the types of weddings that you enjoy doing. Um, if you enjoy doing something and it's not just kind of a, a, a transactional task thing, um, then you, you're more likely to kind of put passion and enthusiasm into it um, and therefore you're most likely to kind of create your best work uh, and you're going to be content in what you're doing. And generally, the, those feelings of contentment and, and having passion and enthusiasm for what you're doing, that will hopefully lead to kind of longevity and sustainability for you in this industry and for your business. And it's also important to progress your business both creatively and financially. Um, we've talked about this stuff already in terms of pricing and, and finances and, and how kind of those things impact your business and your your business planning. Um, so it will be different for everybody. You know, one person's goal is not another person. So some people won't have the same kind of um, ambitions or requirements to progress financially. Or creatively, some people are happy with where they are, doing what they're doing, and it, it, they like being in that comfort zone, and that's perfectly fine if that's where you want to be and that's what you're happy doing. So depending on what stage you're at in your creative and financial goals will be um, will change and determine the sort of clients that you're going to work with. So, you you know, the, therefore the clients you work with and your ideal client will likely change as time goes on. Um, so, you know, it's a reciprocal process is, is revisiting your, your ideal client to, to make sure that as your business changes and develops, you, you're still understanding, you're still defining who that ideal client is. You should look to understand who these people are uh, because it's going to help you to, it's going to help you to, to organize your marketing strategy and to develop your branding in an intentional way because, what you're wanting to do is you're wanting your brand to connect and speak with the people who you are talking to, um, the people that you're wanting to attract your ideal client. So if you know who the ideal client is, then you can speak to that person. Um, and you're also wanting to, to make sure that you, you, you're making the best use of your time and your money and your effort in relation to marketing. And however you're doing your marketing, however, whatever uh, routes you're uh, going down to get clients, and that could be organically by just putting stuff out and getting referrals, but how you're doing that, um, what you're putting out, and the way that you're putting it out, um, which is, if you're working on mainly a referral thing, is, is going to be very much uh, the clients that you're working with at the moment. And so... You want to make sure that the effort, time, money you're putting into things is going to be targeting the right people and bringing in the people that you want to work with. So it doesn't matter how you do this. Um, you can do this in a super simple way uh, or you could go really in depth. And shortly I'm going to go through the kind of how how a determined, um, how me and Lindsay have gone through and determined our ideal client. Um, and what what the things are that you should consider uh, when trying to define who that is. First of all, though, 
Um, it's worth mentioning that one of the a common mistake is probably to believe that the people that who are your ideal client and who you want to work with in the future are just like you. Um, and the thing is, if if you've got married already, and like Lindsay and I are coming up to our fifteen year wedding anniversary this this time, um, or if you're in the process of planning a wedding then you can probably imagine yourself um, using the service that you provide. Um, and therefore, you can kind of really empathise with somebody who's getting married. And hopefully, you'd, you'd kind of deliver the service in a way that you would want to receive it. You know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, and this isn't a bad thing, because like I've said, you, you'll, you can empathise with someone getting married. And if you kind of think about it like you, you know what your likes and dislikes and everything are, um, what your wants, needs and expectations are. So you could market to yourself quite well. Um, and a lot of people will just automatically do that. And I think in a, in some way we, we do this. Um, however, just because you're getting married or you've been married doesn't mean that you're going to have exactly the same preferences, desires or budgets and, and the and the whole brief for capturing the wedding is going to be the same. Um, you know, you're not going to necessarily have that same set of attributes as the people you really want to work with, you know, who your ideal client is. Um, you know, and the reason that we've discussed the, the pricing and the financial side of winners before, um, before we went into discussing clients and discussing marketing is that, to be fair, money matters when it comes to who the clients are um, and how you're going to market to them. And it's likely that depending what stage you're at in your business, that the people that you're marketing to are not necessarily going to be exactly the same as you. They might have similar personality traits and things like that, but certainly if I was going to be kind of, you know, if I was going to be objective about it, the people that we are trying to work with in the future, our ideal client, um, I probably, it probably wouldn't be the same as me and Lindsay, simply because I don't think we could afford our services going forward. I think if we were getting married now, we're starting to get to a point where we're kind of pricing, we're pricing ourselves higher than what we would be able to afford. Um, and therefore we're not, we're no longer look, we no longer look like our ideal clients. So we have to imagine somebody who isn't necessarily like us um, because financially that's one thing, but also there might be other attributes um, and therefore trying to think about in that person's shoes. So for instance, like shoes, for example, you know, I can't, I can't imagine Lindsay going and spending 500 quid or a thousand pounds on a pair of shoes. Um, but I've, worked with plenty of couples who have gone out and spent that much on a pair of shoes or more. Um, and it's the same with like a bloke's suit. I can't imagine me going out and spending thousands of pounds on a suit. Um, I have seen plenty of grooms and the groomsmen wearing suits that cost thousands of pounds and I would never even, even if I had the money, I probably wouldn't spend it on that. So I have to think outside of my own sort of preferences when we are considering ideal client attributes.
Um, so, as things change in your business and your strategic ambition of your business becomes detached from your own circumstances and preferences, and therefore your ideal client and target market probably changes um, because of the economic and location, employment attributes. What might not change is the couple, um, you know, the type of couple and the type of wedding. Um, because you're likely always going to be attracted to working with a certain type of personality, um, a certain type of style, um, and a certain type of um, venue or type of wedding. And that's because um, those people, if, if you have niched down your style of work, those people are, no matter what social economic class they're in, if you like, um, and what their circumstances are, they're always likely to, um, you know, value what it is that you do if you've kind of niched down and you're offering a very unique and specific product. Now, if you're just offering wedding photography, just offering wedding videography, and it's very similar, and it, there isn't really a USP type of element to it, and we've obviously talked about that in in relation to kind of pricing and having a USP so that you can charge um, more and you can offer more value. And we will go into a few more details in other topics that we'll talk about. Um, but but essentially, you're wanting, to, you're wanting to kind of know that that type of client will, will book you. Um, and then, and, and that's why the type of couple... Um, and the type of wedding and the style of everything might not change as much as like the the money side of things, the location side of things, because location where people are getting married and where people are based might be, you know, might be linked to their economic situation um, and their employment. So um, you might always want to, or might always attract those types of clients. And I think a kind of um, a way to look at that is there's definitely been, we're getting to a point where we're definitely working with clients that where they might not be having the most lavish wedding. They, but they are video or photo and video are very important to them. And so therefore they have invested in that area um, but in other areas of the wedding, they're not spending a huge amount. Um, but then there are obviously the weddings where they have more money, um, but they're still looking at you for a reason, and hopefully then you'll still connect well with the couple. I'll leave it there because I think I've made the point. Um, and, and because of that, over the years, we've we've like... You know, we've captured a real mix of weddings in terms of budgets and styles and preferences. Um, and like I've said, the end product and the way that we approach a wedding has been the determining factor um, when it comes to these couples. So the more you, de- you know, you, the, the further you get in your business and the deeper you get into kind of this ideal client, um, you start to attract the couples that are much more into what you do and the way that you do it. So you've got like a head start on delivering a great service because they're already kind of happy before you even do anything for them because it, they're, they're really invested in what you're doing. And then 
there's also the aspect of after the wedding, they're more likely to be good with referrals, give you great testimonials. Um, and, and then it kind of like progresses into um, attracting more of the same people because the guests at their wedding are likely to be similar to them. So it all starts really with working out who your ideal client is. Once you establish that, you know who you're writing your copy for, uh, who you're creating social media posts for, how you kind of kind of trying to attract people using your website, uh, how you're going to spend your marketing budget, uh, the types of venues you want to kind of aim to be working at or getting on lists and things for, and even areas of the country or potentially even the world that you, you're aiming to, to work with. So talking about this because recently we've been doing it ourselves and that's why it seems like a good time to discuss it um because we've been going through our rebranding process with our podcast sponsor divine studios and they've been taking us through the branding process and one of the first things they did was say you need to come up with this client persona this avatar so that they could use that information to help with the branding process to create a direction as we're moving forwards because um, we're trying to change the branding to reflect where things are at the moment and where we want them to be going forward. Oh, I can't tell you how excited we are. I really can't. It, genuinely, every step of the way, it's been so exciting to watch the the kind of ideas coming together um, and going through the process. And we're now at a stage where we've just had our brand guidelines delivered um, and we're just like it's it's weird because it's just it's just sort of like you know colors and fonts and uh, you know a logo and that's that's essentially what those brand brand guidelines are doing but underneath that all of this process that we've been going through has helped us to refine exactly what what we're wanting to do going forward and who we're wanting to do it for and how we're going to attract those people and how we're going to deliver that service that we want to deliver. Um, and now we're going into the process of the the website design and development and um, we're really excited. You know, it's just, I can't wait, can't wait for it to, to, to be able to show people it and to, to be able to start integrating it into everything that we're doing. So Divine are great. We've so, can't say anything. You know, we just they're amazing um, at what they do. Um, and if you're looking for professional designers and website developer to help you um, create these experiences for your brand and for your customers and your clients, you know, I can't recommend enough. So if you get in touch with them, you can get a free consultation and uh, mention Wedding Mavericks, you'll get 10% uh, discount on their services. Thanks, uh, Divine, for creating our amazing new brand. So I'm not going to go into masses and masses of, of detail and read absolutely everything out, but I think it's time that we go through um, the identity of our ideal client and the attributes that we considered. So if you haven't done this process before at any point, I really suggest um, that you get a pen and paper or maybe listen to the podcast back when it's appropriate and just make some notes 
and then you can you can write down your own attributes and ideal client um, persona. Um, I think it's something you'll really it'll really benefit you if you haven't done it before, and if you do plan to to do any rebranding in the future, or maybe you should, even if you're happy with your brand and everything, you're not really changing anything. Maybe if you've not done this before, or you've not done it for a while, you should do it. Um, cause it will help you if you are doing some marketing and actively trying to find, uh, you know, get more inquiries and, and couples and clients, it will help you do that. Um, so, so Shane Lindsay's not here because, uh, we we're going to kind of discuss how, how we felt about this initially. Um, I, I obviously did a bit of research on this and I would say that this is something, the ideal client thing is something that's... See, the situation for us is that Lindsay's kind of been in and out of the business um, over the last few years. She's always been helping me shoot weddings, but in terms of the day-to-day running of the business and the editing and things like that, she's kind of, partly because of COVID and partly because we were, we were kind of... She, she, when we first started the business, she still had, uh, she was still in her old career. So Lindsay's kind of been in and out of the business over the last few years. And um, so this is something I've definitely thought about before, but I wouldn't say I've ever done the process like this and written it down and done it in a table and everything like I have on this occasion. I think previously what I've done is just make either some very rough notes or in my head, I have had an idea I've had the 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 sort of um attributes for this ideal client in my head so when I'm doing a marketing campaign like if I'm doing social media ads or whatever I know who I know what I, I know who I'm targeting because I've got this stuff in my head and when I'm writing copy I've got an idea in my mind who I'm writing it to but I've never done it quite as formally as this um so when me and Lindsay started talking about it and I was kind of being very specific about the person's gender and things like that, I think Lindsay found it quite difficult um, because it does feel like you're stereotyping. It feels maybe a little bit discriminatory. Um, and obviously we, we kind of, these days, we, we're not, you know, defining someone by characteristics like gender isn't necessarily the, you know, correct thing to do. Um However, from a branding and from a marketing perspective, because uh, when me and Lindsay were talking about it, she said she'd, she'd seen a, a blog that um, by one of the, the wedding directories and the or blogs or whatever, and I don't know which one it was, but it basically said, you know, 87% of um, people who are planning and a wedding and booking the services for a wedding, booking the suppliers are female. Um, so to be honest, based on the factual aspects of that, and it doesn't mean that we're only ever going to work with females or we're only targeting females. It just means that if we're working on an ideal client persona, when it comes to weddings, and I'm, you know, I'm not talking about same-sex weddings, I'm just talking the, if, we, if we took the whole market and we said, the, the, the largest percentage of people who are planning a wedding are women. That's basically why our ideal client persona is a woman. Uh, and certainly when I'm running marketing campaigns, which I'll talk about in another 
episode of the podcast, but uh, I'm targeting mainly females simply because that that's who's more than likely going to be the ones contacting you to say, can I hire you? So, the avatar identity. What I've done is I've created a table and I've got attribute and I've got information. Um, and I've split them down into categories. So the categories, for instance, are the first one is general. And then there are these attributes that I'll go through now. Um, and then we move on to the next category. So in general, we've got the person's, the individual person is a female, is the age, is um, where they live, education, employment, and income. Now, these things are socio-demographic type attributes. It is basically helping us to understand who this person is and what sort of money they've got and education. It's, it's basically determining like a, you know, without being without sort of being too stereotypical, it is trying to say what class is this person. Uh, and therefore, it helps us to indicate how much they like to spend on their wedding and what their economic means are. Uh, and background, basically. And by looking at that, it th- these things are definitely important when it comes to ad campaigns. Um, b- simply because you can target on areas, you can target on ages, you can even target on income in some respects. Uh, you can target on education and employment, you can do some targeting on. But when you talk about branding, it also helps you to particularly write copy. I mean, from that, we might not be able to say what colour, what someone's favourite colour might be. You know, like, we can't say someone likes the colour blue because of where they live and their education. But we can, we can, it will indicate um, a lot of things in relation to um, what they might, well, we'll go on to the next step and then that helps us to indicate what magazines they might read or what music they like might like and things like that. So that then gives us a little bit more of a narrow perspective. Once we've got this sort of broad socio-demographics, uh, socio-economic demographic stuff, we can move on to more personality-driven and psychological stuff. So to summarise there, I've got where do they live? Live in Weatherby in a modern detached house. They're, they've got a degree in medicine, so university-level educated. Uh, they're a medical doctor. So, um, and that, the second bit, I'm, I'm saying medical doctor who's earning 70 grand. That's been very specific, but I've also put in brackets underneath this stuff um, where they live, UK-wide, univer- and then in brackets, university-level equivalent professional training, in brackets, for employment, employed or self-employed professional, service or corporate, public and private industry. And then for income, in brackets, 40 to 80K, partner ideally has a secure income. Many of the couples have parents who support them with the cost of the wedding. So what you can see there is, is I've been very specific about who this person is, but then in brackets, I've put down more of a wide target um, demographic, as in that we're not talking about a specific person anymore. We're now talking about this is sort of the people 
you know the the group that this person would sit in um but it's when you're doing the persona you do want to be specific because you do want to actually create this person because that's the person you're going to write the copy for that's the person you're going to create the content for um and it keeps you focused um so that when you're creating that branding when you're doing that marketing it it's very focused but then the broader thing is more of a target market um, from a, an advertising perspective. Okay, so the next section we've gone to likes and interests. So we've got general personality. So this is stuff to do with what what are they like? So put down things like fun, enjoy socializing, can laugh at themselves. They're cultured, enjoy ho- holidaying and traveling, enjoy a variety of cu- cuisines. Um, and that, that could sound like anybody couldn't it really. Um, but it isn't, you know, there are people with very different personalities and some people don't like socializing. Uh, some people can't laugh at themselves. Some people don't like going on holiday or traveling. So, you know, even if it seems obvious, write it down because there are people who, who are opposite to this and, if you know that this is your ideal client, you know what your ideal client isn't going to be like as well. Um, that's why you really need to to kind of be quite um, prescriptive about this. And as well, I've put in there strong morals and values. And that's because that would that would indicate somebody who I'm going to, me and Lindsay would going to get along with um, and, and whose company we would enjoy and probably... Um, we're going to have more in common and share things, uh, which is is part of it as well as as well as it it fitting with the business because we are the business because this is such a personal service. It's important that um, there is a, a connection there on a on a personal level as well as just a business level. Um, like I said, I won't go through all of them in in like detail, but the next bit is family and relationships. Um, then we've got fitness and well being. We've got entertainment, hobbies, and activities. So, you know, even if you think, well, why does it matter what somebody's hobbies are? Well, it does because you are trying to actually describe exactly who this person is. So, you know, think about yourself. If someone said, if someone gave you all of these uh, attributes and you had to answer each one of these, you could answer it really well, couldn't you? And then by then providing that to somebody, they would be able to go, ah, yeah, I think I can kind of see who this person is without even meeting me. That's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to create this person who is is, is, is fake, they're not real, but we're trying to trying to create something that by reading this, we can sort of, we can really get a feel for who this person is. And that's why all of these attributes are really important. Next section is their wedding and how they find their suppliers. So, the first question is type of venue. Um, so, type of venue could be describing the style. So, we've got barn weddings, we've got castle weddings we've got teepee weddings we've got town uh, town hall weddings we've got uh, village hall weddings we've got hotel weddings 
church weddings. So they're the sort of types of venue, I suppose. And then you could actually describe the type of venue. So for instance, I put versatile offers different spaces for different elements of the day. So, you know, different rooms or different areas of the venue for the different elements of the day, as opposed to, you know, one massive space that where everything is. And I guess I'm I'm writing that down because because through experience of going to different weddings, you know what will work better for the majority of not everybody's wedding. Um, it depends what sort of day they're having, but for a full day wedding, it does work better when there are when it's broken into different areas sometimes. Um, but there are also yeah there are occasions as well where that doesn't work. Um. It says bride can get ready there and the guests can stay there too. So there's accommodation. Um, that's under type of wedding venue. And then I've given some examples of wedding venues um, that are all very different. So they're not actually the same type of venue. One's a barn wedding, one's a hotel, one's a big castle type thing. Um, and that's because there isn't really a... It's not like, oh, well, I just love doing weddings in... Uh, castles because it isn't that I like I love doing weddings in castles it's that I like a variety of venues that's not important to me what's important is how the venue works and how it makes the day go and how it makes it all flow um vibe and style of their wedding so party fun something for everyone i.e kids parents older people uh, not too serious and stuffy and, um, you know, everybody's entitled to have exactly the wedding they want. The, the whole process of, of doing this is to, for you to identify who your ideal client is so that you know the people you really enjoy and the weddings that you really enjoy going to and, and where you do your best work and also the ones that tend to like what you do um, and really value what you do. Because if they value it, you're on a you're on like a head start in terms of providing an excellent service. They're also likely to, um, if they value what you do, they're also less likely to question your pricing if it's if it's premium, if it's higher than some other suppliers because they want you. And you tend to find that if people like what you do and you like this sort of wedding. That's the great fit. Do you know what I mean? And so putting something like not too serious and stuffy, that's just not our vibe. You know, we don't, some people do like very serious, very, um, I don't want to use the word pretentious because it sounds awful, but some people just, that's what, that's their style. That's their vibe. And me and Lizzie wouldn't necessarily fit into that very well. Um, And therefore, maybe those weddings are, you know, have got, maybe some of those people have got more money to spend, but that doesn't necessarily make them our ideal client. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's figuring out all of the different things and the mix of them. It isn't just, I want the, I want the people who've got the money or I want the people that are having the best weddings. It's about figuring out all this stuff to find the perfect fit um, for what you're looking for. And it doesn't mean all your weddings are going to be like that. It just means this is, you're trying to market to these people. Uh, then how much are they looking to spend on their wedding? That's the last question in that section. Uh, the next section is what they want. So 
um, their previous, the first question is their previous experience of your service and how they felt about it. So not previous experience of the service you're going to provide, but of a similar service. So photography, videography. So if they've had a previous experience of a photographer at a wedding or a videographer at a wedding, you know, how did they feel about it? They might have had an awesome experience. They might have had a bad one. So what we want is people who've attended weddings with where there's a videographer and they felt put off by a more old-fashioned approach. And we also want one that's seen a more modern approach to wedding films. um, And that's inspired them to kind of have their own idea and it's helped them decide what they definitely don't want. So hopefully we've, you know, the ideal client has been to weddings where they've seen an old, a more old-fashioned approach to videographer, videography and then they've seen a more modern approach to videography. And that's helped them to see the difference between the two already and know that they want kind of what we're going to offer. And I guess, you know, if we're talking about that in relation to photography, um, again, the approach to photography not being too traditional and not being too formal and serious about basically capturing the atmosphere of the day as opposed to, you know, let's have a million group shots um, and let's say cheese all the time and let's have you doing you know, doing photos that don't really, they'll probably won't really mean anything to you. They're just ones that you've seen on Pinterest or whatever, but they're not, they're not, you're not going to look back and go, oh, check out Aunt Ethel or my grandma was dancing. That, that, you know, that's, that's one of my most treasured photos ever. So um, it's about having the experience of, hopefully they've had an experience of the photographers that they do enjoy and, ones that they don't next question is what about their concerns uh, and considerations about the service you provide so being in your face staged big cameras um they need to know that basically the the ideal client needs to know that they're going to get on with the person who's capturing the wedding that's what we want we want them to to feel like yes we're going to get on with that person and they want photos and videos to feel like them and not just generic memories. So they're concerned that the photos aren't going to feel like them and they want them to feel like them. They're concerned that the, that the person that's capturing the wedding, they're not going to get on with. And so they, it's really important to them they get on with that person. The reason that's a part of the ideal client for us is because that person's thinking about that and that's, that's, our, you know, that's our opportunity to be like, look, half of our service is not taking photos and videos. Half of our service is giving you a good experience on the day and before and after. Um, how does your service solve their problem or make them feel good? So we use discrete cameras. We're an unobtrusive team. Um, so unobtrusive gets used a lot these days. The reason I put team is because if me and Lindsay work together and we're doing photo and video together, basically with two of us, you're getting what you would get with a four person team with two photographers and two videographers, but you're doing it with just two people. That's because of the way that we've developed um, a, a way of working. 
so that we're both capturing photo and video throughout the day and it works really well. And so you get an unobtrusive team. So you're getting a team of people, but just two people who work really well together um, and you're not getting loads of extra bodies. So you're not like, you haven't got two people at the front of the ceremony and two people at the back and people trying to be in the same place at the same time and it's an unobtrusive team. That's what that's why I've put that down because you know that's how it solves their problem. They're not looking for too much staged or posed stuff. The relaxed approach to the day um, and, and they're like, you know, our service solves their problem because we're relaxed and we aim to blend in with the guests, um, dress and behave professionally and take good care of the couples. And the last one, why do they choose you and what makes them book you? So, we go further than facilitating a transaction, build a relationship with our couples, and we ensure we gather personal information about them which helps us to understand their likes and dislikes. It enables us to create films which are individual to only them. And we consciously film and photograph important elements of the day and find the right music to go with this. Uh, we make them and their close families feel special on the day. We are polite and respectful and make the effort to include children and elders. We go the extra mile and help with other little things on the day. That's what we've written down, you know, and I've just read it because it's quite a bit, quite a, quite a paragraph there. And um, I think that's the best way of putting it. So we've written down, that's why they choose us. Now, from all that information... That, that's great. You know, I've actually just reminded myself because we've got to write our website copy at the moment. That's just reminding me how we can write our website copy. I can come to this and I can pull bits out of this because it's perfect. It's properly describing what we do, how we do it, it for the client, um, which is perfect. So that's the persona, the client avatar, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, and that's the kind of one for the ideal client. And we can also create ones that are negative avatars. So we can kind of go the other way and then we can create one or several that are people that we know we don't want to work with. So maybe we can think of people, think of couples, think of weddings in the past where we were like, that just wasn't the right fit for us. Um, and we can do the same process to describe that person or describe that wedding, um, and that helps us to niche and focus down on the ones that we do want, and it helps us to steer steer our branding and steer our marketing advertising away from the people that we know it didn't really work and it, it didn't feel right, and we don't really want to go back to that situation again. So what do we do with all this information now we've got it? Um, well, as well as providing the foundations of our brand, um, there are other vital business functions that are going to rely on understanding this information. Um, you know, we use the avatar um, to, to make the copy for the website, for your social media posts, uh, brochures, things like that, because you've got that person in mind as the audience. So, you know, we could even go as far as calling that person a name and we could then be like, so-and-so, and I don't want to pick a name, but let's just say Lindsay. Lindsay is this uh, 33-year-old female who's a doctor 
um, and lives in this location and these are the things she likes. And you've got this idea in your head so that when you're typing down your copy for your website or you're writing a social media, maybe you're writing a social media post and you're thinking, what would Lindsay like to hear, right? And that also goes into, it's not just the copy, but it's the foot, like like we're picking an image to post on social or we're picking a video to, to share with people or a clip of something. What would Lindsay want to see, right? And maybe what that does then is it shifts you away from posting that, uh, epic, uh, soppy bridal portrait that you're going to do, and it shows instead it shows um, the bride in the f- you know in the middle of the the dance floor, you know, in the middle of a dance off or something. Um, not necessarily that bride, but a, a picture of a bride doing that, and that's because you are thinking what would Lindsay want to see what would Lindsay want me to write and then you're writing it and you're showing it for Lindsay and that's how you're going to attract that ideal client um so the other the other aspect of this is that you're going to use it for targeting your marketing and there's different ways we could look at that. We could look at it based on doing social media ads. So let's say it's Google. Let's say it's Google ads. Google ads, it could be, what keywords is Lindsay going to write? Um, and we're going to think about where Lindsay lives, what venue she might go for, uh, what, what um, terminology would she use to describe her wedding or describe you and your service so if you kind of like think well maybe she wouldn't use the word videographer maybe she'd use the word filmmaker then maybe that means you know you need to target the word filmmaker by the way i think most people don't use the word filmmaker to describe wedding filmmakers i think they describe them as videographers that's just a side point um but you know essentially that that's how you it's going to help you and so you're going to be able to use the right keywords to target um, in, your, in your kind of Google ad campaigns. Let's say it's social media. You're going to be able to use the demographic uh, tools in there to be able to narrow down who you're going to show your ads to. And what, you know, as well as the sort of age related and location and things like that, maybe it's the things that they're going to like. So maybe it's a particular magazine like I don't know, Vogue Bridal, if you can target that. I'm not sure you can, but maybe it's a particular maybe if you if you could if you could look as far as TV programs, I'm not suggesting that that's what you do. I'm just giving you some wild examples and certainly with other types of product and service you can really really go niche on that sort of stuff. So that's social and Google. What about wedding fairs? And what about getting on venues, supplied uh, suppliers, um, lists at venues? You know, think about, if you know what venue Lindsay's going to get married at, you know what venues you're probably going to be wanting to kind of build some relationships up with. Um, if you know what type of person Lindsay is, is she likely to go to a wedding fair? If she's going to go to a wedding fair, which wedding fair is she going to go to? Is she going to read blogs or is she going to go on wedding directories? 
to look for suppliers. And because you know what sort of person she is and you know what sort of style she's into and all the rest of it, then we can then go and put ourselves on those directories or listed in those blogs or submit weddings or do style shoots for aimed at getting into those blogs and things like that. So where the whole thing is, you know, rather than just going, well, I just, I'm going to just do a style shoot or I'm just going to submit a wedding and just firing it off to any blog or any directory, um, getting listed on something or just, doing for you know doing google adwords and doing wedding photographer yeah or doing social media ads and not being specific about whereabouts in the country you want to work and things like that where you where you want to target people you know building this information up just means that you're going to be hopefully reaching your ideal client and therefore receiving inquiries for someone like your ideal client right hopefully that all made sense um that's that's it for this week's episode uh i hope it's been useful um and i'm sorry i'm, I'm by myself I've, I've really missed Lindsay. um but i think it, i've been able to do this a little quicker uh sort of because we haven't got got chatting and gone off on a tangent i've, I've stuck to the script a little bit more um so i hope it's been useful i really do think it's something that you will use um whether you actually actively think about this and think, yes, I'm going to do my ideal client avatar and I'm going to use it to do X, Y, and Z, or whether you just you know, subconsciously know this stuff anyway, it's a really good exercise to do, writing these notes down and being very intentional about how you use this in your branding and in your marketing advertising. advertising uh, going forward. If you've got anything you want to add, or if you've got any questions... Um, a different take on something, please, we'd love to hear it. Um, get in touch with us by sending us a DM at Wedding Mavericks on Instagram or Facebook, uh, or you can email us at info at weddingmavericks.com. You can visit the websites, uh, websites, website at weddingmavericks.com and YouTube, the YouTube channel is also, uh, if you search for Wedding Mavericks, that'll come up. And please, can you, if you could just do us a favour, just subscribe to the YouTube channel or you know, follow the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a review, um, share it, share it with people, like we're, we're really, we can see that the listens are going up, we're getting more people listening every week, um, we're getting some great feedback and messages from people, it's, it's, it's just so, it gives us so much motivation and we're so excited, we can't wait to, to get going even more and do even more episodes, but um yeah, you know, share it with people who might want to listen. Um, I know I'm always looking for new podcasts and uh, I'd love one, I would love to listen to one that was talking about wedding photography and videography because there are some great ones out there but there are very few that are actually niched into photography and videography and in the UK. So please, yeah, share it. And um, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Divine Studios for sponsoring us. And... Catch you in the next one. See ya.